Hello, this is Pastor Sam Velez, and I'm so glad that you're joining us for our service. We hope you enjoy this message today, that it blesses your life and your families. We love you. We're talking about what it looks like, if you're here for the first time, we're talking about what it looks like to live in dominion, to live in authority as a believer. And like I said last week, God does not deliver you to keep you there. He delivers you so that you can have dominion in your life. That's God's desire. God's desire is that when God sets you free, when you give your life to God, you are walking in a new relationship and you're walking with an authority that you did not have before. You're walking with a power that you didn't have before. Before God, you, 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 know, you did everything you could. You spent money, resources, you used friends, you did things in your own strength. But when you encountered the Lord, God now is in partnership with you. And now you are able to do things that you could not do before. You're able to overcome things that maybe before God would take you a very, very long time to overcome. And that's what it looks like. When God designed, designed man, he designed us with the ability to have dominion. And although Adam sinned and we lost dominion, Jesus came to redeem all of that. So that we could walk with the power of God every single day. The problem is if we're not careful, we will glorify the struggles that in our life. We will glorify it. We will talk about it. We will post about it. We will glorify struggles. And we'll talk about how the struggle is real and the struggle is this. And, and we, will, we will camp out with our struggles instead of understanding that God has delivered you to never struggle again. Amen. He's allowed, he's given you the ability to not go back to the struggle. And if you're not careful, struggles are real. Don't get me wrong. Battles are real. There are moments in your life, times of testing, but can I tell you something? It is unscriptural to not be victorious over those struggles. It is unscriptural to believe that God can't take you out of it or God cannot come and change something in your life because that's not God. Jesus didn't die and rise again to see you continue, continue in the same cycle. No, no. Jesus came to set you free as an example to other people out there that my God is real and my God is powerful. And if he did it for me, he could do it for you. Amen. Amen. So when we read the Bible, we see people struggle. We see people battle. We see people go through things, but we also see people live victorious. They went through it. They didn't camp there. God took them out. God protected them. God did what God always does. Amen? All throughout the Old Testament, the Israelites were in a battle. They were in a pickle. They were in a problem. And God, because of the power and love of God, they were able to overcome what was coming against them. The New Testament, when everybody is lost, Jesus comes on the scene and shows what it likes to be committed to him. And not only that, when Acts chapter 2 comes, we see the power of God at work amongst the people. So there is no area in your life that God does not have the power to redeem, the power to heal, 
the power to set free. Don't live. I'm here to encourage you today. As we're, as we're doing this series, don't, don't allow yourself to live in this victim mentality all the time. This victim mentality, this mentality that, oh, th- th- this is it for me. This, nothing's going to change. It's over. Like the thing, like a victim. No, no, don't live in that because you are not a victim. You are a victor. You are victorious. The Bible says that greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. The Bible also says that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Amen? So as a believer, you, your birthright is to, come, is to live in dominion. It's to have dominion. It's to have authority over whatever it is that's going on in your life. That is your right as a believer. That is your right to carry. Not to glorify the struggle. Not to keep talking about it year after year about the struggle. No, 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 no. That is your right is to live a victorious life. That what, that's what belongs to you. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to the book of Exodus. Last week we talked about Joshua. And today we're going to talk about his mentor, Moses. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to the book of Exodus. You have to understand something, church, that if you want to walk in dominion, you have to have a fresh encounter with the Lord. So if you have your Bibles, I want to go to Moses. I want to go to Exodus chapter 3, 1 through 15. It says this. It says, one day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of the Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush. Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, I've certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I've heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. The land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Parasites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead people, my people of Israel out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you. And this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. But Moses protested, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel. 
Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. And we're going to stop there. If you're not familiar with the book of, Mo, uh, the book of Exodus, I'm sorry. We understand that, that Moses was raised in the Pharaoh's house. His mom, they were, they were trying to annihilate the, babe, the Hebrew children because there were too many. The, the Egyptians were afraid of the Hebrews because the Hebrews kept procreating and procreating. And they were getting too many. They were afraid because they were like, if these people keep procreating, then they're going to overpower us and take us down. They got afraid. So what they did was they were child's two or, young, or younger, children two or younger, they were killing babies. And the Bible says that Moses' mother understood he was a special child. And the Bible says that she releases him to the river. And it so happens that Moses arrives to Pharaoh's daughter. Her, the Pharaoh's daughter was bathing and she finds this child and keeps the child and raises his child as her own. So we have to understand something that Moses was raised in the house in the home of Pharaoh. Moses lived with a silver, a silver spoon in his mouth. Moses lived with knowledge. Moses had the best teachers. Moses had the best lifestyle. But Moses also had to deal with issues himself. Moses' problem was he had to have dominion over himself. Moses had to have dominion over his identity, dominion of who God is, dominion over that. Because if you have to understand something, if, the, if there's something the devil will do, the devil will attack your identity and make you think that you yourself are not worthy of what God has. When Moses was 40 years old, he kills another Egyptian because he got angry. He knew he was Hebrew. The Bible says that he was walking and he saw the people getting abused and he got angry. And in his anger, he kills a Hebrew, I mean, an, an Egyptian. And the Bible says he gets scared because someone caught him and he goes on the run. And now we're here on chapter three. Chapter three is 40 years after Moses' first mistake. Chapter three is where Moses now is 80 years old. When he encounters God in the burning bush. So that is a 40-year gap from his mistake to an encounter with God. The Bible says that he was tending sheep. The Bible says that he was going and he was tending sheep. And that is where in the mountain of God. And that is where he encounters the burning bush. And I'm here to talk to someone that maybe is in the same situation. You're tending sheep. In other words, your life right now isn't where you want it to be or what you hoped it would be like. Maybe there are situations in your life where you're not happy with where you're at. You're not happy with what's going on. And it seems like all you're doing is just living and trying to survive and passing the time. But I'm here to let you know and to encourage you there's good news. Because just like there was a 40-year gap can I tell you something? God never forgot about Moses. And God hasn't forgotten about you. And God will redeem the time that you lost. We serve a redeeming God, church. We serve a God that redeems his people. And God wants to do a new thing in your life. God doesn't want you to live your life sulking and just trying to get a paycheck and just trying to go through life waiting till you're 80 90 100 to die and that was it no no god wants you to live a fruitful life and a life with purpose 
but it requires a fresh encounter with the Lord. It requires you to create room to encounter God in such a way that your life will never be the same. You'll never be the same teacher again. You'll never be the same businessman again. You'll never be the same police or whatever job you have, student. You'll never be the same, and that's how God wants it to be. Not so that you can live aimlessly in this life to pass time. No, to live on purpose, church. But it requires you getting over you. It requires you getting over the mentality that maybe you've put, the words that you've spoken over your life. It requires you getting over what other people have said. It requires you getting over what happened in the past. Because some people in this room, I'll be honest with you, maybe you're sitting here and you're probably thinking, man, there are things in my life, Pastor Sam, that if I could redo it, reshape it, erase it, I would but you can't. It happened already. But just because it happened doesn't mean that God has something else for you. Just because it happened doesn't mean that God can't change your life for the rest of your life. Just because it happened doesn't mean that you can't move forward with it. It requires you to have this dominion of your life, dominion over your Self, dominion over your thoughts, dominion over what you've spoken, dominion over your attitude, dominion over your mentality, to have a dominion that comes from God. So church, how do we have fresh encounters? Number one, if you're taking notes is this, is that you have to pursue the mountain of God. If you want a fresh encounter, you have to pursue the mountain of God. In other words, you have to be in God's vicinity. There's a lot of people that want to experience God, but they don't want to hang out where he's at. They, have, they like the idea of experiencing God. They like the idea of what they see on TV or on YouTube. They like the idea, but they're not willing to get into the vicinity, into the area, to the place where God is at. And in order to hear God, and in order to, to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, in order to encounter God and encounter his presence, it requires you to set yourself up to be in the place of God. And whether it's here on Sundays, or if you haven't gone on a Tuesday night, you need to come on a Tuesday night. Get to where the presence of God is. If God is everywhere, then make room so that you can be in the presence of God. Because without the presence of God in your life, you will always be frustrated. You will always be discouraged. You always feel like you're struggling. You always feel like you're just trying to catch up. But if you can get the presence of God in your life, if you can find yourself in the vicinity of God, in the place where God is at, if you can make room for God, whether that's in your closet, whether that's you driving, whether it's you going to Lake Casablanca by yourself and spending time with God, however that looks, if you can get there, you will experience a fresh outpour of his spirit. But it requires you to do something about it. God is available, church. God is available 24-7, 365. He's available, but he's waiting on the people. That's why the book of James, James said it himself. He said, draw near to God and God will draw near to you. In other words, you got to make the effort to get with God. God's available, but you got to make the effort. 
It's like when you haven't seen friends in a long time and you're like, dude, we never hang out. It's because no one's making the effort to be in each other's presence. You have my number. You know where I live. But if you don't make the effort, you don't make the plan, you don't take, get in that car, you don't make that text, that phone call, then that's why your friendship seems like, man, it, it seems such a, it's so distant because you didn't make the effort. It's the same thing with God. It requires you to make an effort. It requires you to spend time. It requires you to set aside time for the Lord. Like I said, it doesn't, it, it, Sundays is one way. But come Monday, you got to set time. Come Tuesday, come back here. Come Wednesday, if you speak Spanish, go Wednesday. But go wherever God is is wherever there's people gathering, wherever the presence of God is, be there. You got, if you're a young person, you got 412 on Wednesday. You're a young adult, you got Nova. There's no reason why you can't say there's no space for me. There's no excuse that you can't say, man, there's no room. I don't know how I'm going to find God. There's no excuse, church. We literally have something every single day of this week besides Mondays and Fridays for the most part. And if you can't make it because of work or whatever, then make space for God. Make, make the effort. Moses did not encounter God until he reached the location of God. Until he went, the Bible says that he went to Mount Sinai. And another word from Sinai is Horeb, which means the mountain of God. He went to the mountain of God. They call that the mountain of God. And that same mountain, you have to understand, chapters later, you're, you're, if, you, if you look at the book of Exodus, that is the same mountain where we get the Ten Commandments from. That is the same mountain where God does supernatural things. And Moses finds himself there. But if you want a fresh encounter, church, pursue the mountain. Pursue the presence of God. Pursue it, whatever that looks like. Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and in between, your car, your room. I know people that um, they have like prayer closets, and that's where they go in. They, they, they pray. They, they set aside time to be in the presence of God. I guarantee you, if you would set aside time to be where God is and to make room for God to speak to you, it will change the trajectory of your life. It will change your mentality. It will change your attitude. It'll change the way you view God. Because when we don't set aside, set aside time to be in the presence of God, then we will always struggle with who God is in our life. We'll struggle to see God the way we talk about it every Sunday. We'll struggle to see God the way we read about it every single day. We'll struggle with that because we haven't had time with the Lord to see who he really is. I can talk about God till I'm blue in the face. But what makes a difference in a person's life is when they make room to encounter God. That's what makes the difference, church. 
Do not be so used to coming to church and so used to getting up every Sunday where it becomes a routine in your life that you no longer can feel the presence of God, that you no longer can sense God moving, that you are no longer moved by what God is doing. Don't ever get to a place because when you get to that place, that's a dangerous place to be. When you get comfortable, that's very dangerous because then God becomes dull. Then church becomes eh. And then you begin to make excuses why you don't want to come to church. But when, if you can change that trajectory, God will fill your cup every single time. Every single time. Number two is this. If you want a fresh encounter with the Lord, you need to position yourself. You need to position yourself. In other words, the Bible says that when Moses goes and he's, and he, the Bible says that he's walking, he's tending sheep, but then he notices the fire and he gets to the fire, and he responds to the fire. He says, There's, this is amazing. I need to go and check this out. I need to investigate what's happening. I need to see what's going on. God, there's this phenomenon. Why? Because the, we, it, it was a supernatural thing. The bush was burning, but it wasn't getting consumed. In other words, something supernatural was happening, happening and Moses said, I got to get there because I need to see what's happening. I got to get there. And the Bible says that when he responds to the supernatural, when he responds and he says, let me go to that, the Bible says that's when God says he calls on Moses. This should encourage you, church, that whenever God is moving, respond. Respond. If you want God to do something great, respond to what's happening. Respond to what he's doing. Respond to his word. Respond to the supernatural. Respond. Every time God is doing supernatural things in your life, respond to it because God is trying to speak to you. There are moments that God creates and because we're not paying attention, we miss out on what God's trying to say. But if I can position myself to hear God, to hear his word, I will receive more than I asked. And the only reason why Moses can experience God in such a special way is because he positioned himself to hear the Lord. He put himself there. He got to the bush. He went to investigate. He went to see, God, what are you doing, Lord? I want to know what is happening And when he went to investigate, God speaks and God calls him out. And begins, the relationship begins. Moves of God requires responses from his people. Whenever we invite, whenever we have conferences and whenever we have something going on, moves of God respond require you to respond to what God is doing. Moves of God. God will do things in your life that you would never expect, and your job is simply to respond to it. To respond to it. There are many moments in my life where I experienced God's supernatural hand because I was responding to what I was seeing he was doing. I was responding to what he, I, I was reading in his word. 
I was taking the time to respond to what God was doing and what he was saying in his word. I was taking time to exercise my faith. I was taking time to get to a place, church, where I wanted to experience something different from the Lord. And that sometimes, that's what happens for a lot of us. We have to do something outside of the norm. Look, think about it. Moses probably saw a lot of bushes and all the time. That he, was, he was always in the wilderness. He was tending sheep. That was his job. But it wasn't until he paid attention to what was happening that he decided to respond. It wasn't until he paid attention to see. Because if we're not careful, church, what will kill you and the presence of God isn't that God won't speak to you or God won't touch you. It's because we're too distracted with what he's doing. And distraction will destroy you if you're not careful. Distraction will keep you from hearing God. Distraction will keep you from experiencing the power of God. Distraction will keep you from going to another level with God. Distraction will do that. We live in a world that's very distracted. Social media. Before you know it, you're on Facebook for like three hours. You're distracted because TV, you're distracted because I got work and my kids, you know, whether you got kids in sports, extracurricular activities, I got to be here, I got to go here, I got to buy this, we have to go out of town for this. Before you know it, your life is full of distractions. And if you're not careful, you will find yourself distracted. And your relationship with God becomes distant. You find yourself distracted. And you can no longer hear the voice of God. You can no longer see what God is doing. But it is until you get away from the distraction. And refocus on what God is doing. And pay attention and look again. That you see. And that you hear, and that is when God calls. There are times in my life, personally, where I have to pause myself. And I tell God, God, I can tell that I'm, I'm distracted. I'm not spending time with you. I can tell. I can tell myself because I, 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 I feel it. I feel like there's a distance. I feel like, man, God, I'm not spending enough time with you. I'm caught up with, I got to be here. I got this meeting and we got this project. We got, you know, I'm caught up with doing the things of God and I forget that it's his presence first. And I have to, I have to stop myself. Whether it's, I just stay in my office and I stop what I'm doing and I start praying. I go for a drive and I pray. Just to get it, whatever it is, but I stop myself. Because if I don't stop myself, I'll keep going on in that train. I'll keep going in that. I'll keep doing the same thing. But church, position yourself to hear the Lord, to see what God is doing. Position yourself, church. Put a pause on distractions. Put a pause. The time that you probably give in the morning to social media, 
Because everybody does this. What do we do when we wake up? We look at our phone. And we scroll on our bed. And then we get up. Last thing is this. We must learn to hear the sound of his voice and respond. Hear the sound of his voice and respond. The Bible says in verse, uh, verse 5, he tells Moses, he says, don't come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals for you are standing on holy ground. Fresh encounters are not just going to them, pursuing the mountain of God, the presence of God, and positioning yourself. But fresh encounters are also this church. Is that you cannot have an encounter with God if you are not unwilling to deal with sin. If you're not unwilling to deal with sin. He said, God tells Moses, this is holy ground. Take off your sandals. Because back in, in the culture, that was important. It's kind of like um, there's certain people or I don't know if you ever met people in your life where you go to their house and they make you take off their shoes. I hate it, but people do that sometimes. I think it's gross. But anyways, that, that's cultural that people do that. But in that time, that was important, especially in this moment. Because God was telling Moses, you're, you're standing in a place where you're going to encounter me. You're, you're standing in a place where you're going to encounter the Holy One. And holiness means this, church. It means to be separate. To be set apart. That's what holiness is. And if we are not unwilling to repent, acknowledge, get away from, then we, will be un- then we are not going to be able to experience the presence of God properly until we're willing to deal with the very thing that keeps us from getting to him. Take off your sandals for you might be different. It might be stopping this in your life and stopping that. It might be forgiving. You live with an unrepentant heart. It might be God set me free. I've been bitter for way too long. I've been holding grudges for way too long. But whatever it is that you're dealing with, if you would surrender that to God, God is faithful, church, to forgive. God is faithful to redeem. But it requires you to give it to him. Because there are things in your life, maybe you feel like, Pastor Sam, I want to, but I just, it's hard. I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. But I'm here to encourage you, church, that if you need a fresh encounter, it requires you to repent. It requires you to take things off your life that will keep you from the holiness of God. Holiness doesn't mean, oh my gosh, Pastor Sam, then I'll never be able to make it because, man, every day, uh, uh, this and this, and you, you start making it. So can I tell you something? And I, told this, I tell our, our Tuesday night crowd every time we come and we pray, and we, I talked about this. We, we have this problem in Christianity where we have this, this condemnation spirit where you condemn yourself all the time without realizing that when God forgives you of your sin, he also forgets. And it's your job that when you repent from the Lord to get up and keep going. 
But what we do and what religion does is we beat ourselves up every single day by the thing that we did instead of realizing that if God forgave me, I can forgive myself too. And maybe you're in this room and you're in that situation where you have beat yourself up for the past seven years and God is here to let you know to come out of that and be free from that. Be free from what had happened. Be free from it. Because if not, you will always be a slave to it. You'll be a slave to that. You'll be a slave to the situations that God has forgiven you from. You'll be a slave to those mentality, those thoughts that God died on the cross and set you free from. Jesus gives the, the greatest example with the adulterous woman. The Bible says they were about to stone her. And the Bible says, I think it's John, I believe it's John chapter 8. They're about to stone this adulterous woman because back then, if you committed adultery, you were supposed to die. Like, we, they would kill the, the adulterous person. So they were getting ready to kill this person, and Jesus changes the trajectory. And he makes all the Pharisees, he points back at them, and he tells them, hey, he who has no sin gets to throw the first stone. And they all are like, well, that's all of us, then we should all die too. The Bible says that they put down their stones and they leave. And Jesus, people miss this all the time because this is, about, this is what repentance is supposed to look like. Jesus goes and he tells this woman, this last, the last thing he tells this woman is he says, go and sin no more. In other words, you've been forgiven. Don't go back to what you used to do. You're forgiven. Don't go back to what used to keep you captive. The Bible doesn't talk about, we don't know how long this woman was an adulterer. We don't know how, how this woman lived. We don't know the story. The Bible mentions this moment, but he gives this command. He says, go and sin no more. Go and keep going forward and don't look back. Because repentance is you looking to God, forgiving God, asking God for forgiveness, and turning away. That is repentance. I'm sorry isn't enough repentance is God I recognize what I did here it is but I'm, I'm turning away I'm not going back because we all can say I'm sorry all, we can say God I'm sorry and not mean it but repentance is there's, there's a conviction in your heart that says God I, I know I messed up I, I know I messed up I know but God forgive me and you repent and you turn away that is where we need to get. And the Bible says that when he has his encounter, he takes off his sandals, the Lord begins to speak to his life. And when God begins to speak, God gives, begins to reveal the plans for his life. And before you know it, Moses is now encountering God in a fresh way. And Moses is no longer Moses the murderer, Moses the runaway, the cast off, the guy that's just the tending sheep. Moses is now the man that's about to liberate People from abuse and slavery that have been going on for 400 years. He's about to do something different. But it would have not happened had he not gotten into the presence of God and not had a fresh encounter. Because when you get a fresh encounter, you get a fresh word from God. And you get a fresh perspective. And you have dominion over your identity. And you're no longer who you used to say you are. 
and you're no longer speaking over yourself because of the situation. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I just, maybe I made a mistake. No, no. Now you're walking with a different perspective. And Moses still goes and tells God, God, how am I going to do this? And what does God say? I'm going to be with you when you go. Well, God, people are not going to listen. Tell them the I am sent you. When you go to that Pharaoh, that big, bad Pharaoh, and the Pharaoh wants to come and challenge you and all this stuff, can I tell you something, Moses? I'm going to be with you. I am going to be the deliverer. I am going to be your victory. I am going to be your healer. I am going to be your provider. And that's the same thing for you today. What God is with you, and because God is with you, you can conquer whatever's in front of you, church. God will be available to be what you need in that moment. God, I need the provision. God will be that provider. God, I need, a, I need you to heal this. God will be your healer. God, God had to get Moses to understand that it's not about you, Moses. It's me being with you. It's me being your source. As, as long as I am your source, you're going to split the Red Sea. I'm going to send manna from heaven. The Egyptians are going to be, as long as I'm your source. And I'm here to let you know that God is your source today. God has an open hand over your life. You will never be the same because of the presence of God today. Don't let culture and don't let people that don't know God and people that have long distance relation with God, don't let those people interrupt what God wants to do in your life. Don't let it. Because the moment you let people that don't have a close relationship with God dictate how you live, you lost. The moment you open up your ears to people that have long distance where God is someone that he put you, that he's just a part of the schedule and God is not the source. If you let people like that in your life, you will never experience fresh encounters. And here I'm here to let you know, God wants to do a fresh encounter in your life. God wants to set you free. God wants to deal with whatever's dealing with you. God wants to do those things for your life. Thank you so much for joining our service and for listening to us. We are located at 4519 East Del Mar Boulevard in Laredo, Texas. And we hope that you continue to be a part of our ICM family.